Well, Sarah and I were just doing our recordings of testing and all that kind of stuff. And for this week's episode, I made noises and sounds. And I sounded like R2-D2. So what a fitting way to start off this episode. (laughs) So Sarah, what episode are we review or what episode gosh what that too what film are we reviewing today we are reviewing solo a star wars story (laughs) whoa i don't know if this is gonna be a review or a roast again we are back with another roast yay Um, (laughs) in the spirit of fun creative intros welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. Today we are roasting solo. Uh, Sarah, do you want to start us off with an IMDb summary? I sure do. With the emerging demand of hyperfuel and other resources, Han Solo finds himself in the middle of a heist along with other criminals where they meet the likes of Chewbacca and Lando Calrissian in an adventurous situation exposing the criminal underworld. See? If the film was actually this fun adventure heist film in the criminal underworld, it would have been a much better film than this one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want to watch the film that that summary describes. Yep, you and me both. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's just start off with what our initial thoughts were about Solo. Sarah, do you want to start us off? Well... I was not a fan. Um, I knew... (laughs) I did not see this movie when it came out in theaters because I knew that I would not like it. Um, You didn't give Disney the profit. I am so happy. So happy about that. Yes, I did not. See, here's, here's the thing. Disney and George Lucas are just out of control. They're making things unnecessarily that the world does not need like i love star wars i will rewatch the original trilogy over and over and over again it's great i love the worlds that he created i love the characters like the sense of wonder in it all and you can be a hero and like all of these things it's so so great and then they got greedy and now they're just making crap and that's how i feel about this movie is (laughs) It didn't need to exist, and I kind of hate that it's out there in the world. Yeah, no, I this is this is going to be one of those episodes where Sarah and I just see very eye to eye because I have the same thoughts about Solo. Actually, Solo was on my list of worst films that I saw in 2018. So. We, one of our previous episodes was um, our top 10 films that we watched in 2018. And Solo was on my hate list. <laughs> it was the one, it was the, one of the two that was on my hate list. So, uh, yeah, I was not a fan of this one as well. That's right. I forgot that it was on your hate list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Typically, I would have just chosen one film to be on my hate list, but you know, I had to create a whole new spot for this one. Just for this one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So let's let's unpack the things about this film that if you and I were given a several million dollar budget, what would we have not done that this film did? Exist. 
I would not have made this film. (laughs) I hate that we live in a time when prequels are a thing. I think that they're unnecessary. And I'm going to have to do a little bit of digging. But while I was watching, all I could think of was, is there an origin story film that I actually like? And nothing came to mind Mm. um, because I, I don't think that they're necessary. Mm. Like I didn't need to know any more about Han Solo. I really didn't. He, and he is one of my favorite characters. Mm. I felt content with the backstory that they gave because I was able to fill in so much of it. And I was able to imagine what his backstory might be. I didn't need these creators to tell me the backstory. Yeah, I and I think it, it even just this film existing ruins a lot of the mystery and this, uh, you know, undefined criminal past of Han Solo's character that is so pivotal to why he is so intriguing and why he appeals to so many people. And, you know, he's such a beloved character that to give him this full explanation almost ruins a lot of that intrigue and a lot of that mystery. Yeah. Guys, why are you trying to ruin Han Solo? <laughs> He's great. He's beloved by so many. And I don't think take that away. <laughs> what I what I worry about is the kids in you know year 2075 that are watching Star Wars films and are like, oh, there's a Han Solo or origin story. Maybe I should watch that one before I watch episode four or five. And it's like, oh God, can you imagine watching this first and then watching episode four? Like that whole experience is so not the way it was meant to be. Yeah. That, um, oh, that would be so upsetting. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> Um, so let's go into some of the specifics. What, where do we want to start first? I think aside from this film, just not needing to exist now that his hat, it has been born into the world. (laughs) One of the things that I found really problematic about this film and kind of speaks to how there was a lack of creativity or a lack of vision for this film is how on the nose they were with so many of these Han Solo quirks that they needed to explain. So, for example, how he got the Millennial Falcon and showing the whole Kessel Run and the way that he meets Chewbacca and gives Chewbacca his classic nickname. Like, all of those things just did not need to be explained. But, you know, every time there's like, okay, there's this quirk of Hansel and now we're going to explain it. And oh, there's another thing that we're going to explain. Like they didn't need to be explained. And it was just so on the nose and uncreative with how they did that. The one that infuriated me the most was how he got his name. It was like the first, I think, 10, 15 minutes of the film. I just, I knew it was going to be downhill from there. See, that cracked me up. I was like, good old bureaucracy at its peak, just giving people fake names. Good job, (laughs) random imperial worker. You did your job. Like, that cracked me up. I I was actually a fan of that. Like, there's a whole problem with it. But, I mean, because that would mean that 
solo means alone, but solo originates from Italian. So somewhere in this universe, there are Italian speaking people. Can we go to that planet? Like that would be more interesting than the solo movie. But I really, I appreciated the, the bureaucracy and the nod to that. What really frustrated me was that they had to explain how Chewie got his name, but they didn't explain how Han was able to speak Wookiee. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing that I was like, wow, how convenient. This really great friendship and how you meet, you're, you're, you know, tied up in this, you know, thrown into with this beast and you just happen to, just happen to speak his language. Like, wow, really convenient, really, really convenient. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for any of that. Like, when he, he was captured and they were talking about, like, oh, this beast. And I was like, oh, no, it's going to be Chewy. And then it was Chewy, and I was so upset. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, you people, <laughs> don't do this. I feel like there could have been, like, so many other more creative ways of introducing that character and showing, um, like, how their relationship unfolds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one line, I had to jot this down because when I watched the film the second time around before us recording this episode, I just, I facepalmed so hard that I just had to write it down. But it's when they're on the ship flying away and they're both free and he turns to Chewbacca and he says, Chewbacca, you're going to need a new name because I ain't saying that every time. It's like, oh, do we really have to explain the nickname part of this whole thing too? (laughs) Really? Really? Yeah, it was. So here's it is the the movie of over explaining things that didn't need to be explained. (laughs) That's what they did. Yeah, I think that should be the IMDb summary. (laughs) (laughs) Explaining things that you didn't have questions about. Yeah, exactly. Um, I. I um, I know that there were plans or talk of an Obi Wan origin story, and oh, I hope watching not. this film do so terribly in the box office just made me so much rejoice. And this never happens, but so much rejoice in the capitalist engine that is Hollywood. Like, <laughs> yes, they've seen that this film has done terribly, and I hope to God they do not create the Obi Wan film, and they've learned their lesson. Oh, I hope so. Man. Well, time will tell. Yes. So one part of this film that Sarah and I were not a fan of was the -the on-the-nose nature of many of the plot points. What was another thing that you were, like, just perplexed by? Um, Well, maybe not perplexed by, but... Uh, perturbed would be a more accurate <laughs> word uh, by how predictable the plot structure was. Mm. Like a scene would begin and I would see all of the characters on the screen and I was able to go, you're going to do this. That's going to happen to you. You're going to die and you're going to do this other thing. And mm. I was right. And usually I'm, you know, I, I bat a pretty good average when you're, it comes to yeah, movies. you're pretty but, good at that. 
I was very, very accurate on this one. <laughs> and like more so than normal. And I'm like, you shouldn't be able to make a movie that with every frame I'm going, this is what's going to happen. That's a boring movie. Don't make me watch that. <laughs> um, can you talk about how, uh, you know, halfway through the film, many other productive tasks were getting done as this film was yes. <laughs> yes, I did reach a point where oh, I went, man. hmm. I no longer care to watch this. So I started doing other stuff. Like I was working on my taxes. I was answering <laughs> emails. Like it was really, really productive as I was half watching the last half of the film because oh, I already man. knew it was going to happen. So there was no point in me actually watching it. <laughs> this film falls into the category of um, what my one of my old film professors calls the laundry folding category yes the type of yes. film that you can put on and you don't need to pay attention you don't really need to be watching you can listen in and out a little bit go put it away in another room and come back and still know exactly what's happening and i think this film falls squarely into that basket <laughs> <laughs> see my favorite is when i put on a film thinking that it's a laundry folding film and then it's not and <gasps> i can't actually fold my laundry yes like, I'm always happy when that happens because I'm like, ooh, I found a good one that I have to pay attention to. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me once when I was watching this film and I, I there was something I really had to get done. It was like an assignment or something and I just – it went really late into the night because I just completely abandoned it entirely. <laughs> but, you know, it's worth it. Worth it. Okay, so one of the things that I think is a big part of this film is – the fact that it's a love story, and that is a big kind of central plot uh, device used throughout the film to push it forward, to build a lot of the tension. And I just thought it was really interesting that of all the different ways they could have taken this Han Solo origin film, that they chose for it to be a love story. What were your thoughts on that? Um. I can I can see the logic behind it because he he kind of develops this uh, like womanizer kind of uh, persona like he's a player and you know he's hot stuff and you know he's not monogamous um, so I get how in the origin story you would want him to be deeply in love with this girl, only to be hurt, to become disillusioned, not only with, um, like, life itself and, you know, everything that's going on in the world, but also with love. So I get that that leap that they made and that decision that they made. However, their execution of it yep. was not my favorite. <laughs> So is this where we talk about the ending? <laughs> sure. Why not? Because I agree. I can see logically why it makes sense that they would choose the love story to be a big part of his um, origin story. But the ending just doesn't, doesn't bring it home. So typically what Sarah and I love to do is to pause and say, if you haven't seen the end of a film, you know, you should really watch it and we don't want to ruin it. But you know what? I don't think we need the disclaimer for this one. We're just going to go barrel right into the ending. 
<laughs> yeah, if you're if you're excited about seeing Solo and you haven't already, go ahead. But if watch you're... the movie first. But if Solo is not an important movie in your film repertoire. Number one, why are you listening to this episode? I'm grateful for it, but I don't get it. And number two, just keep going. You're really not missing all that much. It it wasn't that great of an ending. Maybe they are listening because they knew they had a hunch that we would hate it and were ready for a roast. Oh, you know, that's fair. There's always time <laughs> for mockery. I mean, there's nothing more satisfying than to hear someone hate a film that you also hate, right? Nothing That's like some true. validation for your opinions. <laughs> That's very true. So you, if you are a fellow solo hater, we're right there with you. Um, so the ending. There's many parts to this ending that I would love to unpack. But the primary one, which is actually my biggest, um, my biggest qualms with this film, is that this whole arc, this whole narrative arc, is that Han loved this girl and was dedicated to her and years and years had gone by and he was pursuing her and when he finally finds her he sees that she's working for the other side it's fine they can overcome that he thinks that they're gonna run away together finally and then homegirl runs off does not even give him the time of day doesn't even say bye like lies to his face to the end and she just sails off in her ship off to chase her ambitions which i love but he is too cheery at the end for that to be <laughs> realistic <laughs> yeah he is not heartbroken enough not at all he's got that like winning smile which is very endearing but uh, why are you smiling boy you know like you just got betrayed by the love of your life and she didn't even have the respect to tell you that she wasn't going to show up and and go off and start this life with you. And he's just on and ready for the next adventure. He's, you know, going after the Millennial Falcon, hugging Lando. It just seems like nothing had affected him. And I think that emotional beat just really, really was squandered by the end. Um, they really didn't carry that home. The way it really, I think, could have been a powerful ending and could have led very well into episode four of why he's so disillusioned and so guarded and protected. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why that his relationship with Leia feels so um, big and exciting is because we know that his nature is not to be like that. And so this could have easily set that whole plot line up so well, but it didn't. But you, yeah. Sarah, have a very interesting theory of why you think they may have done it this way. Yes, because as one movie, a solo movie, if you oh, will. Why? Sorry. You had to. <laughs> I, had I know to. you had to. Yep. <laughs> Carry on. Um, as a single movie, it doesn't make sense. But if there are multiple solo movies then they can play this out and make the next movie darker in preparation for his appearance in episode four. Also, I think the whole Darth Maul thing was too random for it to just be oh. in this one film. 
Um, Cause he was, I mean, he was a truly hated character in episode one. Like, I think everybody yeah, was, hated him. He was one of the biggest villains in Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah. So to have him just pop on screen for a few seconds, like that felt a little thin to me. And like Kira's relationship with him, like I, I feel like they're setting it up for another solo movie. Yep. Could be wrong. They could, or they could have thought that and then scrapped the idea. I don't know. But to me, that's what that ending said. Yeah. I, I could really see that. Um, and I wonder if they will make that film now, knowing how poorly this film did. Like, I think this film, um, if I remember correctly, actually lost money. Like, it didn't make back the money that it cost to create this film. So it was a huge, huge failure. So I wonder if they'll take another risk or if they'll just scrap it entirely and, and just say, oh, well. Well, you know, we will see. If it comes out, I will see it. I will fund the Disney behemoth, and I will see it solely out of curiosity, <laughs> not out of principle. <laughs> so the whole Darth Maul reveal, I will say, I did not see that coming at all. Did you? I knew that she was talking to a villain because mm-hmm. it was like very yeah. like Senator Palpatine-esque. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect for it to be Darth Maul, but I knew it was some villain from the other movies. For some mm-hmm. reason, I hadn't pegged this at the proper place in the timeline to think that this was before episode one. I don't know why I didn't figure out that this was before episode one. I don't think it's before episode one. This is why I was so, like, I literally came out of the theater and proceeded to Google Star Wars timelines because it doesn't make logical sense unless Darth Maul has been able to survive for many, many generations. Because when Anakin, in episode one, when we see Darth Maul, and Anakin is a tiny, tiny child, there's Mm -hmm. been decades that had have to have gone by from when Anakin was growing up from like a nine-year-old kid to his full-on Darth Vader status. And then when Han Solo comes in, like I, I get that he's older, but... Does the timeline make sense? I don't know. I had to Google a lot of that stuff up. And the other thing is that in episode one, we thought that Darth Maul died. Or at least he fell down the pit yeah. of death. Well, and so he was maybe he cut in that. half. Exactly. Like, how do you survive being cut in half and falling down this giant pit? Like, I have a lot of issues with that. And if this <laughs> happened after episode one, I'm going to have some words for these creators Because you can't go chopping people in half and then going, oh, you know what? Just kidding. That didn't achieve our purposes, so we're going to do this instead. Like, Mm -hmm. no. You killed a character off. Good job. I'm proud of you. Don't bring him back to life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they totally resurrected him. Or at least it's now interpreted that in episode one, Darth Maul never dies. He somehow survives that fall and being chopped in half. Which totally changes the context for... The whole battle scene between him and Qui-Gon. Yeah. Like I, and if he survived, why didn't he pop up in any other movie? <laughs> I don't know. Because they're waiting for this fantastic solo moment. I don't know. See, I would just have I'm, to say, if I'm Qui-Gon, though, I would feel stripped of my 
title, stripped of that win. I thought I killed this guy. But no, I found out later that he survived. Like, what? See, you can't do that to Liam Neeson because he's a man with a very special set of skills and he will find you. (laughs) Oh, man. That Qui-Gon, Darth Maul lightsaber fight is my absolute favorite out of the entire Star Wars lightsaber epic finale fight. That one is my favorite. Wow. I know. Yeah, yeah that one is good. It's not a good. popular one, but I no. do like that one. No, I don't know that I've heard anybody <laughs> say that anything from episode one is their favorite of the entire series. <laughs> I did meet someone once, one human on Earth that I've met, who thinks that the prequels <laughs> are better. <gasps> what? Yep, yep. I'm not joking. Oh. I'm not joking. And I oh, debated what this an guy. interesting human. Yeah, I know, right? There's a whole documentary about people that argue on behalf of the prequels. And I'm so intrigued to watch it. I looked it up. Oh, we but- should watch that and do a sweet <laughs> episode about it. <laughs> oh, that would be actually really interesting. Yeah, but his, argue- his main argument is that there's a lot more creativity and a lot more um, thinking outside of the box that episodes one through three do. And he agrees, while they may not be, they may not be executed best, but he appreciates the amount of creativity and the risks and the emotional beats Hmm. that happen in the first three films, which I'm like, yeah, that's true. It is a little more creative. So if you appreciate that, then I guess I can see your argument. But yeah, Yeah. I was so surprised. Wow. I'm I'm very intrigued. Now I need to watch this documentary and hear from these humans. Right? Wow. There's like a secret there's a secret society of them, Sarah. <laughs> they have to hide from the public. <laughs> oh man. Are their faces like blackened and their voices changed on this documentary documentary to like protect their identity? Oh, their identity. <laughs> like We're in an undisclosed names. location. Yeah. They actually meet in public in restaurants and only when the one human leaves. <laughs> do is... they all have clover tattoos on their oh, wrists? Yes, they absolutely do. <laughs> um, if you haven't watched Glass yet, you'll get you'll understand our reference. <laughs> but, okay, anyway, so the whole Darth Maul sequence was surprising, interesting. Not what I've expected, but alas, they did, they did yeah. a thing. And we'll it wait to see. If... so out of place. Yeah. But if they make another film, I would love to see more Darth Maul, I will say. I yeah. want to see his double-sided lightsaber. Yes! It was so cool! Yeah. <laughs> see, I wanted one of those as a kid, but then I was always aware that, man, if this were a real thing, I would probably impale myself or cut off a limb because I'm not coordinated to wield a single lightsaber, let alone a double lightsaber. (laughs) I I was in a secret Santa over the holidays and I just, we just like got a chance to get everyone together and open our gifts and stuff. And my secret Santa gift that I received are these lightsaber chopsticks and they light up. (gasps) And they're the coolest thing. I totally geeked out when I got them. Um, but I'm just sad that they're not the Kylo Ren double, uh, like, cross uh, chopsticks. Which 
I've never understood how that works. Like, how do you have a lightsaber like that and not murder yourself? Like, you got lightsabers coming from all different directions. You're gonna stab yourself at some point. But Sarah, they use the force. (laughs) Yeah, but they're also people. And things happen when you're holding dangerous objects in your hand. I don't care if you have the force, you're still a human. But their, their force powers protect them from all, like, there's a sensitivity, you know what I'm saying? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's for when you See, need to quickly jab someone and you don't need a long, <laughs> you don't need a long, like, span length to reach them, but it's like a quick jab, you know, if they're walking next to you, you just, boop. You don't want to, like, turn your whole lightsaber over, you know what I'm saying? It's so it's a, shiv, it's a shiv and a broadsword in one. Mm-hmm. So it's very efficient. Precisely. It's For like all your different kinds of killing. It's you a know? spork. It's a lightsaber version of a spork. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, amazing. Man. It's a light spork. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I would love to see you fight with a light spork, Sarah. It'd be quite a sight to see. <laughs> it would be so bad. <laughs> you would see me injure myself, which would be hilarious, but <laughs> not achieve the objective. Oh, man. All right, so back to Solo in our long Star Wars nerd <laughs> tangent. Um, oh, man. Something that I was thinking about the second time around that I really didn't notice the first time around was what genre or what category this film could be placed in. And I thought to myself, is this a film noir? Does this fall into the category of a film noir? What do you think? See, I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up. And it does have some noir elements to it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that I would (laughs) classify it as a noir. You mean this doesn't fall alongside the big sleep and... (laughs) (laughs) Maltese Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doesn't quite make the cut, you know, like... I mean, they were in contention with each other. It was close, but missed it by that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the components of this film, like the femme fatale, um, some of the shots even were very film noir-esque. I'm thinking of specifically that shot of Kira in that last scene where she's flying away in her ship to go meet Darth Maul, and she looks out the window, and there's this bright light on the top half of her face, and the rest of the shot is in shadow, and there's these really interesting lines that go across the bottom of her face, and I'm like, that's a really great shot. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have that thought very often throughout this film, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but even – all of the plot twists and turns and the betrayals of who's on whose side, you know, with Beckett and Solo and um, with Kira, I thought that was little nods to potentially maybe to film noir. Um, But you're right. I don't think this falls squarely in that category. But, you know, in the spirit of being – in this modern age where gender is fluid, genre is fluid as well. And so I think on the spectrum of film noir, there's got some components of it, but definitely not fully on the level of some of the classic film noirs. Yeah, it just, it doesn't quite measure up. Yeah, I agree. But 
it's interesting that the second time around, I noticed that I really didn't pick up on the first time around. So, yeah, I hadn't, I really hadn't thought about that until you brought it up. So that is a good, it's a good thought. Yay, yeah, for have something podcast. to ponder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought of um, this being the first of a solo series as well. So more support for why it's really fun to dialogue about a film after seeing it, even ones that are as tragic as this one. So one of the things that we haven't touched on yet that is not really a central part of this film, but it's kind of a side plot, is the Lando-robot relationship. I don't even remember the name of the droid. It's like L O L three three seven. Oh, wow, good memory. Well, no, I'm looking at the IMDb right oh. now. <laughs> Sorry, just take just take the compliment. <laughs> nope, I'm taking no compliments in regards to this movie. <laughs> so, I didn't understand it. The yep, the neither did I. And I also didn't understand why it was necessary or why it was included as part of the plot line as well. Like maybe it was a little nice to have to throw in there or to maybe they weren't trying to show relationships that cross unconventional barriers. I don't – I'm really trying to hypothesize here because I have no no clear idea of what – purpose it serves and why it's included as part of this film. Yeah, I agree with you. I was, while that was going on, that's what I was trying to piece together is like, what is the point of this? Because it felt so unnecessary to me. And the best reason that I could come up with was the whole, you know, unconventional relationship Mm -hmm. thing. I I liked the character. I feel like she was a in an, an intriguing I don't know, an intriguing little character um that created all kinds of issues and was an interesting like plot device, but their relationship made no sense to me and it didn't feel it didn't add anything to the film, I don't think, and it just led to more questions than answers. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And even the way that her narrative arc ended with her being added to the ship, to the Millennium Falcons, like, you know, computer memory or something like that, like, to keep her spirit alive and she's not part of the ship. Like, I don't, I don't know, maybe there's more that I wanted to do with this in the spirit of, um, giving the creators of this the benefit of the doubt where they're planning for a solo series and there's so many things that they're going to explain. Like, I don't know, maybe there's a role that she'll play as being part of the Millennial Falcon now and she'll guide them in some way in another hypothetical solo part two film. But I think... It didn't make a lot of sense for why she was added to the ship. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's just weird. It's so weird. <laughs> that whole thing was just odd. Yeah. Other than, you know, we need her to accomplish our our task. But it feels <laughs> like she was 
too important to Lando for it to just be that. Mm-hmm. Um, His reaction when she died, or I guess died or got destroyed, like was the moment where I was like, "Wow, okay, this is real." Like, there gen- he genuinely loves her and cares for her in a way that is beyond as the owner of her. Mm-hmm. And I hypothesize that uh, potentially there was something they wanted to do around seeing things or people that we don't traditionally see in a certain light in a new way. Like maybe there was something there that they wanted to impart or explore. I don't know, man. (laughs) I'm at a loss here, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a a lot of good theories. Um, And just the... I guess the the tragic part of Lando losing the ship, like like he he lost his girl robot, and then he he puts the robot in the ship, thus girl robot becomes girl ship, and then he loses girl ship to Han Solo. Like it's just it could have been this like even more like knife in the heart situation, but maybe mm. that's what they were trying to go for. I don't know. Mm, yeah, I didn't think about that. I actually forgot about that part of he actually does lose her in the end. Mm-hmm. So it's like he was trying to keep her alive and then he couldn't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either, but <laughs> we've got some great <laughs> theories going on that we've brainstormed. So, yeah, we'll just have to see if they make another one. I would love to give them a benefit of the doubt and hope that there was another one in mind for why they made a lot of decisions in this one. So maybe we can end the last little bit of this episode by talking about if and what were things about this film that we appreciated, that it did well. I feel like there are both sides of the spectrum. There are things, a lot of things that we thought could have been done very differently. But what are things that you appreciated or thought was like, okay, you did, you did okay with that. Good job. I'll, I'll, I can start. I think one of the things that I think was pretty decent is, uh, gosh, I don't remember his name. Aldrin, the, the, the main character who plays Han Solo. Oh. Little yeah. young baby. What's his name? Yeah. With an A. Alden and I can't say his last and name. And Heinrich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he did the best that he probably could have done as a <laughs> solo character. So I give my hats off to him because <laughs> to, to play, this is, I mean, this is, must have been the most daunting role to play. He's such a beloved character. And I think that he... I appreciated that he didn't try to mimic Harrison Ford or uh, try and adopt a lot of those mannerisms um, and, and imitate him. And he really embraced the fact that this was an origin story and there's a different spirit about this younger Han Solo. And I thought he did. I thought he did as well as he could have done given the circumstances. Yeah, he did. He did do a good job. I was. I was surprised. Uh, with his performance, Me too. I didn't. I didn't expect it to be very good, 
Yeah. Um, and he did, he did a good job. Yeah. So one of the things that I appreciated was um, some of the cinematography, I think, was done very well. Mm. While I felt like the plot was lacking for a lot of it, I think some of the visuals that they had were really, really well done. And some of the, the interesting shots that they did um, to keep the, the storyline going was really, really good. So I tip my cap to the cinematographer Mm -hmm. of this film. And I found out while IMDBing during the movie um, (laughs) that this was also directed by Ron Howard, who I just adore from Arrested Development. And he will always be one of my favorites simply for that show. So I feel like there were like, little pieces of of him kind of mm. scattered throughout and those those moments I really really enjoyed I also appreciate that in uh, Arrested Development there is a shout out to Solo because Ron was yeah he was filming uh, an episode of Arrest or a season of Arrested Development around the same time so if you're a fan of Solo and Arrested Development there's a little nod to you for the Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. No, that's awesome. I had no idea. I don't watch the show. So. Oh, it's so silly. (laughs) Yeah. It really is. Sarah and I were both very surprised that this was directed by Ron Howard actually. Also. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's another thing that (laughs) leads me to have questions. Sorry. You thought I was done, but I'm not. Warwick Davis was in this for half a second. Like, how are you going to get Warwick Davis to be in this movie for half a second? Like, that makes no sense. Mm. Absolutely Wh- none. Which part was he in? I don't even remember. But he <laughs> popped up and I was like, what? Warwick Davis, what are you doing in this movie? I don't even remember. He oh. he was hidden under a mask for a minute. And then yeah, he, he was took part off of his mask. The Crimson Dawn. He was part of the Crimson Dawn. His character was named Weasel, so that's exciting. He was in that ending scene with that, like, ragtag group of what they thought were robbers and criminals. He was part of that crew. I was just like, you can't show Willow for half a second, and that's it. Like, he's too big of an actor (laughs) for that. I was was very, very confused. (laughs) Well, we'll add it to our list of things we would have done differently. Um, have Warwick Davis in the entire movie. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah, I think one other, one last thing I'll add is the way that Han won the Millennial Falcon, I thought should have been way more epic than from a card game. So I am just going to block that from my inner Star Wars canon. I'm going to block this whole film out of my inner Star Wars canon, but specifically that piece, like, I just, it's such an unepic way to have earned this iconic ship that is so pivotal in Star Wars universe. Like, I reject it. that part of the original trilogy is that he, he won it in a game? I just, it's not important. Like, <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> they ended the movie with that scene and made it to be this, like, super intense like thing it's like well 
no, it's not. He's the money on Falcom just part of Han Solo. It was always part of it. Like, <laughs> let's not mess with it. Uh, exactly. So they had to have him win, even though Lando cheated the first time. Han should have won it the first time. But he overcame, and he beat Lando to get the Millennium Falcon. That was his all along. Like, Mm. you know, it could have been a lot more dramatic than it actually was. Yeah. Again, good ideas. This movie still shouldn't exist, but good ideas that weren't (laughs) executed uh, very well, in our opinion. Yeah. I wonder who the creators or writers of this film were like are were they big star wars fans like did they you know gather more feedback beyond themselves like i would i'd be curious to hear the backstory of how this film the the concept of the film was created and decided upon so it i'm assuming it's a father and son situation the father if they're not father and son, that's really embarrassing. My bad. But um, he wrote uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. <laughs> he also wrote Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark, oh, wow. Episode Five. Okay, so he's been around for a minute. He wrote Episode Five? Mm-hmm. Episode I mean, five was probably, awesome. Probably a ton of people wrote. Yeah, there's three of them who wrote... Yeah episode five but he's one of the three all right so closing thoughts on solo oh man i would be happy to live in a world where prequels stop existing because there's no stakes there's no drama there's no tension because you know who's gonna win or if you're gonna write a prequel kill off the character that exists in the other movies and then figure out a way to bridge that gap. That would be a lot more exciting if you have to make a prequel. But yeah, the whole time I was watching, I was just going, I'm not a fan of this. I don't like origin stories and I don't think that they need to exist. Even the the opening words on the screen, I was annoyed by. Because yeah, you texted had... me during that part. <laughs> so instead of having it read normally and forcing viewers to actually read the words on the screen, which I know is hard, people don't like to read these days, whatever, they felt the need to capitalize in all caps certain things that they wanted us to pay attention to because mm. they knew that people weren't going to read. Mm-hmm. And that just annoyed me. I was <laughs> like, you mean you Come don't on. like to be assumed that you're a dumb audience viewer and need things handed to you on a silver platter? <laughs> yeah, no. You I like when they assume that. You like when they assume that you're intelligent and observant? <laughs> yes. I want to be rewarded for paying attention to a film. Yes. Not oh, pay attention to these three words on this screen. If I only <laughs> needed three words, then why did you put the other twenty on there? Like <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, there's a common trend in films that Sarah and I absolutely adore where things are not spelled out and it really – there are shots and moments or comments made later in, fil- in the film where if you were paying attention earlier, it would be so satisfying to have gotten that reference. So 
I'm specifically thinking about the Phantom Thread this whole time, by the way. Um, uh, yes, it was wonderful. <laughs> so uh, my thoughts are perfectly summarized by this quote from A.O. A. Scott from the New York Times, which is just so wonderfully stated that it just sums up all of my thoughts about this film. Quote, Solo, a Star Wars story, directed by Ron Howard, is a curiously low-stakes blockbuster. In effect, a filmed Wikipedia page. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) And I just got such a kick out of that quote, and I'm just going to end it with that. Those are my thoughts about this film. It's a Wikipedia page (laughs) that has come to life with the attempts to make a lot of money. And alas, it has not. So I hope this has helped curate the choices that Hollywood makes moving forward. And this is this will be one of those. If that's the case, then it will have been well worth it. So, all right. And that is our review of Solo, a Star Wars story. You mean roast. Yeah, oh, like, you're right. Get out your marshmallows and roast those suckers because... <laughs> We lit a fire for sure. Yep. Get out your honey and your peanuts because we about to roast those too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope there are less of these blah, 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 colon, a Star Wars story films that come out. Unless they're on the level of Rogue One. I do say that I feel like Rogue One took a lot of chances and had a little bit more emotional weight that I think was... Really well done. It led up perfectly into episode four. So that was hmm. that was a good example of Disney doing a thing. See, I haven't watched Rogue One. So, <gasps> ooh, I am so curious how you'll feel about it. Mm. Well, I will keep you apprised. We definitely want to do the Last Jedi at some point. At some point, because there is just so much to unpack with that film. That would be an awesome one to do on the podcast. But stay tuned for when The Last Jedi will pop up. It might be a little while. It might be a little while. Yeah, episode 9 is coming out in December, I believe December 20th. So it might be fun to do that a little bit before episode 9 comes out. But we'll oh, see. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good lead-in. Things to look forward to. Yes. yes. Many moons away. <laughs> We hope that um, this either helps confirm your thoughts about this film or provides an alternative perspective if you did really like this film. Stay tuned for our next episode, and we'll see you guys soon. Have an awesome week, guys.